All right, guys, here we are in the zone, episode 69. Shout out to Yam Nation. If you don't know, now you know. Um, today's episode, it's going to be uh, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, very, very negative. Uh, we're going to have some negative Nancy type vibes today. Um, we're going to start with Super Showdown. Uh, Alino, you have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot about the show. You know, uh, there are some rumors out there, but, you know, we don't want to spoil it for the for the viewers that watch every week WWE programming. But, wow, this show for me personally, I feel like it's going to be a, an effing train wreck. Um, so I'm just going to start with this gauntlet match. They just put like seven random guys together and, yeah, we're going to have a nice little gauntlet match. Whoever wins this match gets a nice big fat trophy, so that's Ooh, fun. To match the green belt from last there time. There it is. So that that there it is. Um, we got Eric Rowan, Bobby Lashley. Those two guys are huge names. Eric Rowan. I uh, got Andrade, AJ Styles, Ray, and R-Truth. So I think not seven guys, six guys. Does it? First of all, does this match even really matter in the long run? And secondly, who you got winning this? I think Bobby Lashley should win this, but he won't because they want to continue that storyline, unfortunately, with Rusev. So they'll probably cancel each other out with a DQ. That leaves uh, Eric Rowan, who uh, it was his yard at one point on SmackDown. He beat Roman Reigns in the ring clean, and uh, he co-main event WrestleMania at one time with The Rock. Six-second match. He wanted to get out of there. He's a nice guy. That's another guy that I think could uh, use something with this cup, but uh, I think AJ Styles is going to take this. Recently returned, uh, has been great feuding with uh, Aleister Black uh, on this past week, so I got AJ. I really want to agree with you, but just because of the nostalgia and all the way these shows are kind of run, I'm going to go with Rey Mysterio. But, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I don't really, for this, What I don't even know what the cup is called. Oh, I, know I, it, I know it starts with a T, and then that's where I tap out. Two, the two white the two wake we'll trophy that, sure. yeah two i don't wake, i don't yeah. i don't know but i guess for them if they can make that a a consistent thing for when they go to these shows maybe you can make it something but for the current storylines it's no one really gives a shit but there are a lot of credible <laughs> names there it should be fun i want to see our truth win i really want to see him <laughs> then I will, he uses yeah. a cup to go challenge lesnar at fast later so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what if anyone it, he would make it work our truth would make it work um I'm gonna go with Bobby Lashley to win too. I think uh, I think this guy needs a win. Um, actually, the other guy that is in it, there is seven guys. Rusev is also in it. Um, I really hope that feud is over. Um, I, I really want to see Bobby Lashley do well. I want to see him maybe have a GM. I feel like I really don't know who, but I feel like oh, he needs manager. Yeah, MVP. Oh. Maybe He's MVP. I feel like he needs a. I feel like he needs a manager and. We he's been teased before. He's been so we have kind of seen him in that main event type atmosphere, and I guess they've never really gone full fledged with him ever since he won the IC title. So, do you guys see anything from Bobby Lashley come maybe mid twenty twenty, nearing the end of twenty twenty, or nah, not a lot? I think he's in line. For, I I really do think they're trying. I think it's just up to Bobby because he's not used to being such a big personality. That's why I think Lana plays such a big factor because. She did so much for Rusev, but it, the whole thing's just not really clicking. But I do think there, there's obviously plans for Bobby going down the line, or else they wouldn't keep trying to save this story going forward. I hope it's not. Uh, as long as he's with Lana, I don't think he's. Uh, it helps his role because uh, it just doesn't work. When you just see them come out, it's like, 
okay, we're, this is eventually going to lead back to Rusev. So unless they get rid of her and Rusev and put them on a double, like SmackDown maybe, NXT, uh, I don't see this working for Bobby Lashley. He needs a Leo Rush MVP type guy to really put the wheels in motion for him. I like that. Uh, moving on, we got the SmackDown tag titles. Again, the New Day have had the titles for quite some time. You probably wouldn't have known that, though, because they don't really defend it that much. But uh, for me, this is actually pretty damn exciting. We got John Morrison and The Miz trying to get those tag team titles, and I think it's a foregone conclusion that they're winning it. And I think they're going to hold on to it for a while. I think, well, you, The Miz is arguably a main event type guy. So is Kofi Kingston. So you have two guys in here that can really elevate this pro. I think The Miz and John Morrison are going to win the tag team titles again. I'm with you. They're bringing those titles back to the Palace of Wisdom. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I think uh, it's still too soon if I think for them to win the titles, but uh, I see maybe a screwy finish going on here. This is going to probably continue to the next pay-per-view, and uh, I have a feeling John Morrison this time will get back at the Miz and turn on him, leading to a one-on-one at Mania. See, I wouldn't mind that either. Either way, this is better than the first month of him just doing backstage interviews and Oh, this is my buddy, The Miz. I'm not really involved in anything, though. Yeah, so this is awesome stuff. Yeah, thank God he's in a ring again. It's awesome to see. But uh, moving forward, we got Roman Reigns and King Corbin. We all know what to expect. These guys have been feuding what it seems like forever. And this is apparently where it ends, I hope. Wouldn't it just be awesome to see King Corbin get the win here? But we all know that's that's not (laughs) happening. (laughs) You're giving it to Roman Reigns, and I'll let you guys finish. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was it? Yeah. (laughs) Can you see a screwy finish, though? No. Because I can honestly, I can see a screwy finish, and then it just carries on to the next pay-per-view. And then they kill it on the last one before WrestleMania. Oh, man. I can see that. And then it ends up ending in the Elimination Chamber. Them two is a final two. I don't want to see that, though. Open end more. This Bobby Lashley and Rusev feud, it's too much. It's going to end it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think Roman Reigns and Corbin just – it's on that same level of Rusev and Lashley where you just want to want this feud to end. Just, just end. You think they're just purposely trying to bore you so they can get on Roman's side? Because it seems like it's, yeah, it seems think, like that's always the case. Like, we'll put Roman with him. Ends with wrestling. The more heat a heel gets, the more that he's well-liked in the internet kind of community. So I feel like they're kind of backing themselves in a corner they don't want to get themselves. Oh, screw this King Corbin guy. He looks like a tool. I don't know who he is. But then there's guys like us where it's kind of like we don't we don't mind if King Corbin wins because it's pretty damn funny. He has a crown on his head. You know, he's improved tremendously. He shaved his head bald. I'll, oh, I'll yeah. say... Uh, it's really when it happened. Uh, yeah. It was a turning point of his career. Thank God. Because yeah. I remember when I first saw him shave his head, I'm like, I don't like it, but I'll get used to it. <laughs> but, like, the long... Imagine Roman Reigns going bald. <laughs> oh, oh. No longer the face of the... Con- on Roman Reigns for sure. He'd look at him. Oh, no. No, I can't. Seth! You're back. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> Set there on top again. Yeah. <laughs> is is it the right thing? Root here probably come out and we're gonna see the Usos. It's just gonna be a gigantic clusterfuck, and everyone in Saudis, they're gonna try and win those tag titles from Buddy Murphy and the Monday Night Messiah, Seth <laughs> Seth Rollins. Is this where the street puts get moment? Will they get their moment here, or is it at WrestleMania? I think it's gonna be on a Raw. 
leading Aura. up to WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be in moment there. Have too many title changes because, uh, like last year, they just kept it with this the main time. You no, know, Seth on Raw would just start going at it again. I think uh, it'd be better if AOP get their match at WrestleMania. Just keep it on Seth and Buddy. <laughs> no. The Monday Night Messner and Ricochet. Is this going to be a squash match, Alito? I think it is because if they were going to actually have a Libby Royal Rumble like they do with Finn Balor, so since it's at Saudi Arabia and you know Brock's facing Drew. Because we've seen with Brock over, the, I don't know, the last couple of years, anytime he's with those smaller guys, he, he puts on his best work. So it probably would make sense that I can kill him. But, uh, yeah, I would love to see those two go at it for real. Do you guys say? Do you guys believe we see Drew McIntyre maybe attack Brock Lesnar at the show? That's a tough one. Uh, probably the Raw, like next week, the write off Brock for another pay per view, make Drew look strong by attacking him, because Brock's been on I think way too many Raws this year so far. Like, <laughs> he I has, mean, he yeah, has. They, they're gonna tap into that uh, appearance uh, budget a little too much, so I think they gotta cut them out for a little bit. Uh, have Brock get attacked by Drew. You write him off at least for Elimination Chamber, and then bring him back for Fastlane. I can see Drew coming after Brock. Just kind of switch it up a bit. Like, these are two kind of, they're playing it off as two equal beasts. And Drew's coming out every week, kind of, he kind of gets the ball rolling. He starts talking shit, and then Heyman responds. So I would like to see Drew come out. Yeah. Not fire the first shot, but, you know. I, I feel like it would make sense if Drew were to come out and kind of, like, be like, like here, like this is a reminder that yes, I eliminated you, and yes, I'm gonna continue to just beat the shit out of you on our build. So, I think it makes sense if Drew maybe like if Ricochet were to get destroyed, you maybe have Drew come out after the match and like give him a Claymore kick, or maybe a headbutt. That would that'd be pretty cool to see just a flat out headbutt to the face, and then Brock obviously hope hopefully sells it. Hopefully, uh, if he doesn't, then he'll sell it like Dolph Ziggler, do like four backflips. Oh, <laughs> blade open. Oh, like Ric Flair. Yeah, no, I think I think that's gonna be a game. Brock's gonna get busted open. Yeah, I think that is a guarantee. Um, you know what match I forgot? And wow, I'm surprised I forgot about it. It's so monumental to the show. Bailey and Naomi Ooh. for the SmackDown Women's Title. That's sarcasm, by the way. I really don't care for it. Um, is Naomi winning this? Because I've, I've heard rumors that Naomi is winning it, and I really don't want to believe it. I think this match was supposed to happen at WrestleMania, and they pushed this up to Super Showdown. If the, going by what Lacey Evans and Natalia, the match they had at uh, the last Saudi event, I think this is going to be a three-minute match. Uh, Bailey's going to win. Probably not going to be any uh, eventful things going on. They'll probably have a rematch on SmackDown the next night. Did you say they pushed this match up a month and a half in advance? I think so. What does that tell you about the SmackDown women's division? <laughs> that it's uh, irrelevant. Oh, God. But yeah, Bailey. I haven't seen enough to know what direction to lean in so i'm just gonna go with bailey it's just one of those it's one of those moments where you look at the show and it's like you have naomi carmella and like bailey it's tough and 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 yeah maybe maybe lacy i don't really know if because she just came off of uh losing the title i mean uh losing her match to bailey so i don't know if she's back in the picture but yeah, it's thin. Without Sasha there, it's like... You should keep rolling with Bailey though. You did the heel turn recently, and whenever Sasha comes back, like, I don't know, putting on Naomi, it kind of, it would feel like you're kind of starting over. 
then what would you do with Bailey after? I don't you know. got Mandy and Sonya. Looks like they're teasing something there. I think Mandy's yeah. been the most, for the women, the most, like... Most improved, too. The interesting, I was going to say, I think Otis plays a factor in that, obviously. I think that eventually is going to lead to uh, Mandy and Otis sticking on Sonya and Dolph as a way of, like, oh. Sonya <laughs> telling Dolph to slide right in there because she doesn't like Otis, and we'll probably see her turn on Mandy and starting a feud, but I don't see that being for a women's championship on SmackDown. It's pretty funny. I actually would never think that Sonya would be the heel there. I would. I kind of thought maybe Mandy would be the heel. It's funny how it plays out. Yeah. I think everyone assumed that. Yeah. She's just more... She just looks more sassy. That's just it. Um, yeah. I, uh, with the with the women's division, it's really bad heading into this year's Mania. I don't know why. I just feel like it's invisible. There's nobody... Uh, Rods revolved around Baszler and Becky... And like I don't care. Like yes, Oscar's in the elimination chamber. She's not winning it. I think it's uh, I think it's just timing, honestly. Because you have Charlotte and Rhea, and you have Becky, and, she, and those are two like those are very big matches. Do you think this is the year where like they actually depend on like NXT women to kind of generate that interest? Because they're going with Charlotte and Rhea. Do you think they they can maybe put like um, Be- Bianca Belair and Candice or something on the show? I think they were, but. They're uh, losing the ratings to AEW, so now they're having Charlotte versus Bianca Belair on NXT, which is oh, yeah. stupid. That they is shouldn't stupid, be doing yeah. That. That. That's a pay-per-view matchup that they could have put out. WrestleMania made it a triple threat, but it's not good timing, especially with what they're going afterwards. That doesn't have good creative written all over it. Wow. Well, I guess now we got to talk about the match that everyone's kind of scared to talk about, The Fiend and Goldberg, The Fiend. Like you just said, he won his title at the last Super Showdown against the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Um, I'm going to start with Alino. Alino, do you think Goldberg can do the unthinkable and beat The Fiend? I would like to see The Fiend win, but looking past this, it looks like a conclusion. Roman's going to wrestle for the title at Mania, and I'd be a lot more pissed of Roman burying The Fiend so I kind of want to see Goldberg take the title, and it'd be something different, him and Roman, and at least Roman beating Goldberg would be a better uh, reaction from fans than Roman beating The Fiend. So I'm going to go with Bill Goldberg getting a second world championship in his 50s. <laughs> uh, every way I kind of look at this, I don't really see it playing out in a positive way. Yeah, it's a loss. Because either way, <laughs> if The Fiend loses... People are going to fucking snap. The question is, is it Goldberg or the guy everyone's hated the last year since he got cancer, Roman Reigns? Um, I think either way, this is a terrible decision. And the fans are not going to have it. And I am completely on board with that. Yeah, I agree. They're not having anything. I'm not having any of it. Goldberg, he could sell as many seats as he wants. <laughs> you can't go into WrestleMania making me believe that he will retain like the, the for me the the thing that's been bothering me for a long time now is the predictability for every main event at WrestleMania. Like okay, other than the Brock Lesnar matches where it's like oh is Brock is he leaving? Oh, so that means Seth is winning. Oh, is Brock leaving? Oh, so Roman's winning. That's the only time I've actually been like yeah, okay, Brock's losing. Whereas now it's like, okay, The Fiend, yeah, if you lose, you're losing to Roman Reigns. If you lose, you're losing to Bill Goldberg. 
if Goldberg, when you win the title, you're losing to Roman Reigns. So it's kind of like we know what's happening. And me watching it, that just pisses me off. I don't want to know everything. I want to, you know, I want to go into it and be like, oh, the Fiend's facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Maybe the Fiend can retain because, I don't know, this, that, and that. But, no, it's Roman Reigns. He's the chosen one. He's going to win. He hasn't had a title in a while. That's why I'm kind of on board with it. A lot of people are like, oh, Roman Reigns gets handed everything, this, that. It's like, realistically, he hasn't really had anything for a long time. So you kind of got to give him that rub, I guess. I mean, coming back from cancer, it's a great journey, a great story for him. But in the long run, are fans really going to give a shit about that story? No. no. Wait till uh, three months go down and he's retaining the title at every pay-per-view. And then by SummerSlam, when the fans are there, boo. booing him and he wins in the arena where they boo, then after they're going to be in a corner again. <laughs> it's just... Um, when you pick a face of the company, they win a lot. <laughs> and... Uh, for me, that has always been a flaw to WWE system. I don't want to say there should never be a guy, there should never be a face of the company or whatever, but like you have to make your ti- your main titles, I think, a little more unpredictable. Like kind of like with bo- like I know boxing, all that. That's not like that's not rigged, but you gotta like look at these guys. Like Roman Reigns, you gotta look at the history he's had. You gotta look at the fiend, the the credibility that he's built. You got to kind of put them together and you got to make it like, okay, the Fiend and Roman Reigns, is this a match that is predictable? Not really. Like, if you kind of think about it, not really predictable over the last year and a half. But if you just start making assumptions and you start looking at what guys like Vince Russo and guys like Dave Meltzer and what they're putting out on the internet, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, Roman Reigns, yeah, he's waiting at WrestleMania. It's over. That's it. I don't have to look at any other rumors. Just come April, whatever it is, April 6th. And here's the next seven months for him. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, at SummerSlam, the Rock for next Mania, so will Roman's title reign be a year long, or will it be three title reigns between then? So the question, so then I guess the question we got to ask ourselves as wrestling fans is, do we want to see Bill Goldberg have that little hoopla, that little celebration for the Saudi fans? Or do we want to see that coronation at WrestleMania Get a big fat flop just like it did at WrestleMania 32 with Triple H. It's a double loss. It's like which one? Which one would you rather see? For me, I guess it's the it's the Roman Reigns one because he hasn't won it in a while. But now that I'm thinking about it, Bill Goldberg losing to Roman Reigns, I feel like that would get the cheers that maybe yeah. Vince McMahon wants. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect from this match. I'm kind of worried. Like when Brock beat Goldberg, it's <laughs> a mania and all the fans are going nuts. They're like, but he's a part-time ch- – it's not Goldberg. <laughs> exactly. See, like that, that's where it is. It's like, okay, Goldberg's the champ. We all fucking hate Goldberg. He's lazy. But, oh, but there's – Roman Reigns is our savior, Roman. He'll come and he'll – so that's where I feel like Vince is kind of going. He's like, yeah, we'll have Bill. He'll win. He'll bury the fiend. And then we'll have Roman Reigns spear versus spear at mania. <laughs> and the young guy wins because <laughs> that guy's old and he looks out of shit. I don't know. I don't know. Why, why do we give him two universal titles? I don't know. I don't Goldberg's know. also uh, scheduled for WrestleMania. So does he come back the next night against a returning John Cena and say to Cena, you're next? 
spear, reverse STF. <laughs> There's a train wreck match at WrestleMania oh. that we're all going to watch. It's just who is it going to be against and where is this going to be taking place on the card? Boom, you heard it here first. It's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> Damn. Well, I guess we got to move on now to a more train wreck type stuff. Uh, Alino, I want you to start because I'm just going to start yelling if I bring it up. So talk about that beautiful Carolina game. Oh, okay. So I uh, started <laughs> off uh, Carolina, scored a goal. Uh, it's not looking good, 3-1. Reimer's out. <laughs> Everyone's going, oh, no, Reimer, our guy. What? It's okay, Morasic goes in. I like Morasic, he's a good guy. All of a sudden, I don't know what the fuck this guy's thinking. He goes out of his zone like a defenseman, takes a tumble, he's out. <laughs> out comes the emergency goalie, the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies. Couldn't just set this up enough. The fix is in. Tell the guy we'll give you a 50 grand, let every goal go in. Doesn't happen. They score two goals, make it look like, okay, we got this going on. Third period goes on. Matthew should be at like 55 goals at this point. They get shut out. They lose 6-3 to their Zamboni driver. The man who's in charge of uh, just setting everything up for them, cleaning the ice, making sure everything's uh, running smoothly. And uh, he beat them. And now he's a hero and a national treasure in North Carolina. Your thoughts, guys? He's on our payroll, and he beat us. Think about that. For the Leafs, though. Wouldn't your fucking eyes light up when you see a guy that hasn't played in who knows how many years? If you're Austin Matthews making $11.5 million who gets paid to score 50 fucking goals a year and you see this guy in the, between the pipes, wouldn't your eyes light up? They couldn't even get a shot on net. They, oh, the Carolina Hurricanes. I thought we were playing the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins of 2009. That was embarrassing. I don't know. What do you got, Chris? Uh... <laughs> David Ayers. What's his name? David Ayers? Good for him. Good for Buddy. Great story. You know, I I love, you know, even the reaction he got from Carolina after. He fucking won them the game, basically. Out of all my years watching hockey, and I've watched hockey, wow, I'm almost 25 now. So 21 years I've been watching hockey. I have never seen the Leafs, and I've seen terrible Leaf teams. Terrible. This Leaf team is not terrible by any means. You look at the team on paper. God damn. We have Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Matthews, Riley, blah, 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 blah. And you're telling me we can't get a goal in the third period against a Zamboni driver? Against the team where we're battling. We should be – I can't I can't even I'm – gonna, I'm, I'm going to swear like crazy. I can't. <laughs> this team – is literally what? Tied with us in the standings. This is a four-point game, and you lose to a Zamboni driver. Austin Matthews, coming into this game, was probably one of the hottest goal scorers in the league. Zach Hyman as well. I sent you a post. This guy has 17 goals since December. No one's talking about that. Zach Hyman has been amazing. And you're telling me we can't get a goal in the third period. On home ice. That's just, that's embarrassing. You want to know my favorite part about the whole thing? The game prior, they looked fucking amazing. Yeah. And the game before that, they looked fucking awful. (laughs) I don't know. This was the game before the trade deadline. How the, what kind of message is that? 
You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, okay, okay, we're gonna try and get rid of Barry. We're gonna try and get rid of Captain. Oh yeah, let's let's see what uh, let's see what worth Kerfoot can maybe get us. And then you put forth that effort in the third period. On ho- the the thing that really pisses me off is it's on home ice. That really pisses me off because we're building this team up. We're pumping their tires. They're one of the best ho- uh, home ice teams. You know, uh, when people come to Scotiabank, the opposition, you know, they can't they can't figure out the Leafs. You know, our fan base, we're so strong, you know. Uh, and then this happens. Like, I know Carolina, they have pretty good defense. But, man, like, like you said, their eyes should have lit up. We should have at least scored five in the third. Uh, I'm not trying to, like, bash David Ayers or whatever, but, like, come on. This guy's 42 years old. He looks like he could be in the friggin' ASHL, the Adult Safe Hockey League here in Sports Village over here. And you're telling me William Nylander can't get a goal? He can't make that beautiful saucer pass across? And, uh, by the way, Dougie Hamilton is not playing tonight or that game. Are you, like, man, I, I'm lost for words. Like, we face Tampa Bay tonight. I, I have no faith in the Leafs. This is just a season where you're thinking, yeah, we got Tyson Berry. Wow. Did, did we get rid of Nazem Kadri? Yeah. Was it a, was he a big part of our lineup? Yeah. Is that going to be the main thing people look back on? Not like the firing of the coach or management stuff. When you look at the players on the ice, are you going to say the Tyson Berry for Nazem Kadri deal is the, a big reason why a lot of this didn't work out? Because Kadri's a big part of the team. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, blame Dubas, but it's getting to that point now where, like, he didn't make a move. He didn't make a single fucking move. He didn't make one move that was going to change his team. I've been hearing for months, dude. Like, this is not, like, a week, two weeks. This is months. Barry. Barry's going to get dealt. Kapanen's going to get dealt. Janssen's going to get dealt. Kerfa could get dealt. Like, I've been hearing this for months. Yep. Nylander could get dealt. That's doing like, that for years. Yeah. That's like the favorite. Like, <laughs> oh my god! And then <laughs> Max Lorito, Max Verona, Cali Rosen. Like these guys are not making shit. They're not going to do anything for our team now. Nothing. And then you have guys like Florida taking a huge risk, trading Vincent Trocheck for Eric Hall, Lucas Walmark, two great roster players. Trocheck, again, what he's 26, 27, having a pretty bad year. They're taking a fucking gamble. That's, That's what GMs should do at this time when you're when you're a bubble team. Take a gamble. Dubis did not take a gamble. He was probably sleeping when all these moves were happening. I'm playing with his computer. He's going, oh, I, look at his stats that he got two years ago in the OHL. Oh, I'm going to play NHL 20 and see where his uh, morale is. Maybe I can bring him in on my team in real life. Like, I, Oh, like, oh, Marner's morale's really good with Kerfoot, so we now we can't trade Kerfoot. Oh, and that's a plus three if we put him together, and a minus two if we have Matthews with uh, Nylander and Tavares, so we can't do that. Oh, sorry. Oh, you want Barry? Sorry. The only call is I'm trying to tr- I'm trying to trade Marins, and that's it. I don't want to trade Barry now. Keeps getting those one-year deals. Yeah. I have no words for this team, man. The, hold on. Can we go back to that Trocheck deal? Because those are two teams that are also yeah. they're basically tied in points, and they're fighting for our playoff spot. So that to me, when that deal happened, I'm kind of like, why? Why did you pick them? I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting one. I feel like Carolina, they don't have a second line center. If you think about it right now, I mean, Jordan Stahl, he's older. He's Is it Stahl? I mean, right now it's Stahl. I think they're, they were grooming it to be Nikas, but he's been a, he's been a, a winger all year. So 
And who who else is their starting center? Aho now? Because Aho yeah, was Aho originally sure. not even a center. Yeah. So I feel like that's where they're kind of like they're looking at their centers, and they're not all originally centers. So yeah. I guess Rod Br- or who's the GM there? Um, not Brindamore. Uh, Francis probably was like, yeah, we need a set. We need a proper centerman. So I'm going to trade Eric Halla, who is one of our only proper centermen and a pretty good, decent winger in Walmart. I thought he's he scored against us the other night. Yeah, but who doesn't? I know. And uh, then two other prospects. So, again, Alino, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Trocek trade? I thought it was just I thought it was just two GMs taking a gamble I like on the it. present. Yeah, it's, it's just good. Because actually, look at Carolina. Their team, I think Florida's looking at their team right now. I'm like, you know what? I can deal with not making the playoffs this year because I have a window next year where I can just load up. We got Bobrovsky. If we can just go into the summer, I know what we got here. I can maneuver around. And uh, this year, they're looking at Carolina. They loaded up on D. They got Brady Shea. They got Sammy Votnin. And now look who's on their team. They have this loaded defensive core, Jake Gardner, Slavin, Pesci. So look at Dougie Hamilton, that center that you're – like looking at, I can trade Dougie Hamilton in the summer and just imagine the return of a guy who put up the numbers this year and then have a defensive core of all those guys to fall back on. I think Carolina, they got a summer that's going to be busy for their team and a playoff run that can surprise some people. I actually agree with, with Alino right there. What do you think of those other deals? That, what are they, was it a first rounder for Brady Shea, straight up? Yeah. Uh, I feel like that was a move where the Rangers... They're, they're just – I think they're just trying to sign D'Angelo at that point where, like, they're looking at – they signed Jay, what, two years ago? He had 40 points, and they're like, yeah, I guess this is our rear guard for the future because this was before they got Truba, and Truba hasn't been the D, I guess, that they've hoped. So D'Angelo this year, who was apparently trade bait at the deadline, uh, he has 45 points this year. I think he's, like, seventh in D scoring. So I assume with this trade, this just means that they're going to reach a, a big fat contract this summer. Um, I love it for Carolina. I also love it for the Rangers. I, like I said to you last night, I think their rebuild is done. I think yeah, it's over. For real. Like you just traded your first. Our first. Actually. I mean, uh, yeah. They, uh, they, well, no, they got the, the first, uh, the Rangers. But I feel like they, they could easily trade that. It's what, like 15th overall, yeah, Carolina, 15-16? And Carolina has a lease, which at this point doesn't look too good. Yeah. So probably in the middle of the pack for uh, Carolina. Yeah, so I like again, you're trading Brady's J. He's like a, what would you say? He's like a 4-5, 3-4, yeah, around absolutely. there. Again, Pesci's been out what? All, he's out all year now, I think. He tore his MCL. or He had, he had a pretty serious injury, so he's been out all year. So... He, I guess he, he could be a rental D. And that first-round pick probably doesn't mean anything to Carolina. So I, think, like, uh, I think between the two, they, they, they definitely keep Shea. I think Votnin's more of the uh, the rental there. That's just me, though. Well, no, like he signed Shea. Yeah. But I like what I mean by rental, like I mean like I wouldn't be surprised what Alino just said. Like they trade him for like another offense or – like I feel like that's – Package him. Yeah, yeah, package him. <laughs> they got a lot over there recently. That's what I mean. So Votnin for sure is probably the rental. I feel like he can he can basically fill in that role that Dougie Hamilton was, just going on the first power play. If it's not Votnin, it's probably Gardner. I know Gardner hasn't really been doing that role well. So, yeah, man, I, I love what Carolina and Florida did, and that's why I'm very upset with Dubas. Like, they, they took the risk, and when you're a GM 
and uh, you know you're in a, a position where you could either improve your team tremendously or potentially you know miss the playoffs that's a risk that sometimes gms have to take and the president and if i'm a president and i'm seeing that from a gm that just gives me respect like that shows that they're trying their best to make this team better whereas i looked at a guy like dubis he didn't do anything for carolina too when you look at the pieces he gave up like it's not really going to set them back they got a because we were in a similar situation where you you know you're bad for so long and you build up on picks and prospects and Carolina kind of found a way to not really unload a lot of those. <laughs> like they gave up four pieces, but nothing really significant for a, a guy in his mid twenties who's could be a really good player for a long time. I think yeah, I think he can be solid. Uh, just, He's like, got he, a seventy point year under his belt like, already. Like so. oh yeah, like that for me. Like that's the biggest concerning thing was like what were their thoughts when they thought of him getting the seventy six point year probably thought fuck and then you trade him <laughs> yeah and, and then yesterday like I, that's what i meant like how big of a difference have the the mindset been with with uh with florida because you gotta remember this guy had 70 points and all of a sudden you just trade him for not even a pick we were saying during that year it's very similar to Braden point like he's such a good two-way player and i don't know i'm kind of surprised by this off year he's having with all the the buzz that Florida came into the year with, so I, I, fresh you, starting. Carolina. You could you could kind of blame it though again on all the big moves that they made. Like when Trocheck had that year, who are his wingers? I assume they're not there anymore. Like you have Hoffman who came from Ottawa. That was it two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. He did it. It was six or was it sixteen seventeen or seventeen eighteen? He had the seventy six. He's just an aggressive offensive player, Trocheck. Like he'll get you like three hundred shots when he's healthy. Like he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid um, to, you know, go in the corners. I think Carolina won this deal. I think in the long run, you have Trocek who could easily, if Ajo is not comfortable being a center, he could go right back to being winger. And you could have, what, Trocek, Ajo, and Teravainen as a top line. Or I, I forgot Svechnikov. So this team is loaded. Um, Let's get away from them. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> trades today. A lot of trades. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk more. Uh, JP, uh, well, JP. J.G. Pajot going to the New York Islanders. That might have been the biggest amount of picks I've seen since what? Matt Duchesne last year? Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Four picks? Yeah. That's a lot. More than years worth. Yeah. I mean, good for Ottawa. They're they're clearly awful and they're clearly in rebuild. So. Yeah. How about uh, how about that signing though? That contract extension. Let's talk more about that. You guys agree with that? No. I don't know what Lou's thinking. Uh, if I'm Ottawa's GM, as soon as he called and asked that, I'd say, okay, can I fax that right now? Like, I signed it. <laughs> Just uh, let me know when you got the go-ahead because that's way too much. What's his, like, career high? I don't even think. Like, what's it's this, this year. Whatever it is this year. Wow. He's at 24 goals. I know that. So that's his ceiling, I think. 30 goals maybe, maybe a little over. And he's going into a new system where he's going to be playing with guys that are ahead of him by a lot. A lot. Like he did that on Ottawa with like Duclair and Duclair slowed down. Pajot's there. Kachuk, like he's not doing it with uh, Barzell and everyone else they have there. So I think he's going to be in a system now where he's going to have a little bit of a decline in stats and prog- uh, production offensively. It's not going to be worth it, I don't think, long term. I feel like with this move though, is it safe to say that they are all in with Pajot, though? Like, as the second-line center? They have to be all in with him. They traded four picks for him. Ideally, your third-line center. But, you know, we see this all the time. Guys have breakout years, and it's 
okay, what stupid team is going to give the third line center a six year deal worth 30 million? And it's nothing against Pajot because I, regardless of the money and the contract and all that shit, I think he's fucking perfect on the third line on that team. I think he meshes in beautifully. He's a smart defensive player. Uh, he's overachieving offensively, definitely. But you know, if you have him on the third line, he'll get you'll get the matchups over there. You got Lou and their their coaches are amazing, but the money's not going to be worth it. Who's the second line center there on uh, the Islanders? Then uh, Beauvillier? Either him or Nelson. They both go center wing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense then. Yeah, because if you're going to trade that many picks and then do a contract extension for him, like that must mean that they've not only did they see the fit, but they they see him being a big part of the future. And this is where I got to ask you guys, like, what is the definition, the proper definition and the proper return of like a rental? I think it depends on the player. Okay, let's say like you're having a career year like Pajot is like what what to you? What is a perfect return? Like, because I thought the four picks was absolutely way too much. Like, I know. You thought the fit, like, I guess he thought the fit was absolutely perfect. But still, you're giving up a lot of picks. And the Islanders, I'm sorry, they're in no right and no direct. Like, I think they're great. I don't think they're there as contenders. I don't think they're, you know, not a playoff team. But you have no right trading future picks because I don't see this team being a playoff team for years to come. Come on. I guess they're playing off of last year. Because uh, if you really feel like if you can at least go to the conference finals, is your first round pick for the next few years really going to mean that much? Because we kind of see it. Every team does it every year. Like, oh, this will put us over the hump. So Blake Coleman just got dealt for a first. Do you really think he's worth a first round pick? No. 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 So for Pajot and the Islanders, three picks, it's, it is a lot. And I'm probably not doing that. I'm probably doing like a second and a third, but uh, yeah, it's really the fit and where the team is. That's really all it comes down to for me. It's just, I don't know how it kind of went through because like it's an East and East team yeah. and the Islanders know that Ottawa's in a rebuild. They know they're in a rebuild. So it's like, you're on the phone. It's like, I want a first, I want a third, I want a fourth, I want a conditional fourth, I want a second. And it's just like, okay, but like, are you get like you got to realistically think is Ottawa going to be a contender in let's say 5 years, 10 years, 2 years? In 10 years, I hope so. Cuz uh-huh. like what was this 2 3 years ago when uh when Lundqvist was starting to decline and they were trading Stepan and they're trading all these guys and I'm like I'm looking at a, a Pinello and I'm like the Rangers, are they in a rebuild now? Like how long is this team not going to be good for? And it literally was 2 years. It was not long. So, again, if I'm a GM, I got to always kind of think. It's like every team has a rebuild phase, but you don't know how long it is. Like, even look at Buffalo. I thought their rebuild would have been done. You have Eichel, Reinhardt, Darlene now, Risto. They didn't even trade Risto. I thought he would be gone. They get Wayne Simmons now. Well, you, go into that, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you would think that – you would think – transition. You would think that this team would be – at least in the playoffs by now. I guess they still think they can make it by getting Wayne Simmons. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know everyone was kind of baffled on that one. Uh, okay. But it was it was for <laughs> nothing, though. It was for a fifth. It was kind yeah, of for nothing. Pretty, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Because for Simmons, like, 
You're coming from the Devils. You're not making the playoffs. No. What did you think for a guy that's been in the league as many years as he's been? Okay, can you at least trade me to a team where I have a fucking chance to get in, not a team that's 10 points back of the Leafs that probably won't make it? Yeah. I'd- so let's... I don't know. It's good for their young guys. He's going to play hard for them, but the team's not going anywhere. Are they going to re-sign him? That's a puzzling move. That's, they re-sign him. I don't even think he really fits on that team, what they're going. I don't even think the GM knows what they're going. What the hell is he going to ask for? Because over the years, Wayne Simmons has had a cap hit of four, I think. Yeah. So I think he knows he's in a decline. Oh, yeah. You've been somewhere to. for so long, and he just sees, keeps moving, and no one seems to want him, but... We know who Wayne Simmons is. He's a very he's hard a worker. Gr- he's a gritty guy. I believe he could, in the right situation, he could get around twenty. But I don't think that situation. Oh man, he, he it's it's just it comes down to speed, and he's one of the slowest guys in the Stand league. Stand in front of the net. Yeah, just just be that grinder. Just take some pointers from Corey Perry. That guy's been doing it for years now. Uh, yeah, um, I'm really not sure though with the Chris Kreider one, because. I thought for sure it was Boston. We we were confident it was Boston. And then the Rangers say, you know what? We're going to go all in. We're going to try and make the playoffs this year, as I predicted before the season began. Do you see the Rangers making the playoffs with this move, with uh, Kreider staying? Like, How do you think the meeting went with this contract extension? I'm sure it went really well. I no, because uh, I'm, I'm thinking if you're the number one trade bait on the trade bait list, that is basically saying – to everybody, I'm basically gone. And you're telling me the number one guy during the whole trade deadline, you have James W. say, oh, yeah, by the way, the number one guy on the list is not moving. He's staying with the New York Rangers. So I just got to I got to bring up that meeting. I guarantee you the president was definitely like, listen, Panarin is having a huge year, 85 and 65 or something. That's just I was saying to you last night. For me, he's up there for the Hart Trophy. Um they're, I think, three, four points out. It sucks that Shistork and he just broke his rib. So he's on that stupid fucking car accident. That Who's sucks. Who's the centerman? Pavel Bushnevich. Who's the other centerman? Zabanishad. There it is. <laughs> so there it is. Um, I feel like the meeting that he went in, it's like, okay, we're uh, three points out of a playoff spot. Look at our depth chart. Look at how they're producing. Look at how well Ryan Strom is uh, is doing this year. I feel like he literally said to Chris Kreider, kind of like what Steve Dangle says to everyone every week, are you in? And Kreider said, yes. And then he signed the extension. What are your guys' thoughts on the Rangers now and going on into the future? I like the Rangers. Uh, if they make the playoffs, it'll be a last-day thing because everyone's fucking tied. But uh, – <laughs> You just Basically, said it now. Yeah. You got you got Panarin, who's who's up there in the MVP race, I think too. Zibanejad, who has solidified himself in my mind as a number. He's one a number center. one center, yeah. You just got a lot of good players there. You know, Kreider's been a fucking horse for years. He's their go-to power forward. Buchnevich is he's younger than us. Um, yeah, they got I a think. lot of pieces there. The Shea one kind of threw me off because uh, now that I'm thinking about it, because you sign one of your better players and then you trade one of your better players on the back end, so. Maybe they got maybe D'Angelo plays a factor, but there's there's a lot of good over there, so I like it for them. I mean, again, they also like uh, Alino's brought it before. Adam Fox, he's yeah, another yeah. guy that they got for uh, who he was in the in the trade um, in Calgary. No, was it Calgary or New York or Carolina? Yeah, 
I don't know now. <laughs> I think Carolina had Adam Fox. Fuck. I, I don't <laughs> remember. I don't remember. New York for, has him now, and he's doing amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a fourth rounder, I think, in 2015. I think that's where he kind of went under the radar. Um, but I really like the Rangers. I think they're the best New York team. I think they're bad. I think right now they're better than the Islanders. I. That's just my opinion. Even though the Islanders, you got to remember the Islanders had a freaking picture perfect first two months in the in the NHL. Do you remember that they were like 16, three and two to start the year? Just keep moving on. Yeah, um, <laughs> Kovalchuk. <laughs> this guy calls it. Goes to Washington. Are they contenders now? Does Kovalchuk put them over the hump, or were they always kind of there? I think they're always kind of there, but having Kovalchuk now, that's another power play unit that has a sniper on it. Uh, he really fits in well with them. You can put him with Ovi on one line and Backstrom. You can move him down with Kuznetsov. The Russian uh, powerhouse that they have over there that they've been building for so long, I think uh, it's just a nice fit. I think he's going to go to Montreal again in July in the free agency, so it's a nice rental for him. He can uh, get a shot at the Cup, and good for him because he was on L.A. to start the year after signing with them from the KHL last year. It didn't work out, and they wrote him out. Try to push him out the league. He comes back, finds a place in Montreal, and is doing well. So good for Kovalchuk. It's a perfect fit for him. Half that team is Russian. So <laughs> exactly. That's actually all I got. I got the update before saying there were talks that he'd go to Boston. And the first thing that came to mind, honestly, was there's no Russians on Boston. Why the fuck would you go there? So you, you go to play with Kovechkin and Kuznetsov and Orlov and all these fucking guys. So... I imagine he's happy playing with his Olympic buddy. It def- for yeah, it definitely feels like home if he's playing with Ovi and Kuzi and Orlov and all those guys. So I'm happy for Kovalchuk for now, for now. But when he goes back to Montreal, he could uh, he could go uh, go jump off a bridge because Montreal, fuck them. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know with Kovalchuk. I feel like he could be a third liner at times. He could be out of the league at times. And he could be a first liner at times. So, again, I think the return is a it's a fair one for Bergevin, a third rounder. Yeah. I think that's a fair it's a fair return. Um, again, this is a big if. Um, actually, you know what? I'll ask this question after we talk about the next move, which brings me to the next move: Patty Marlowe going to the Pittsburgh Penguins, another uh, a division rival. Does this kind of amp up? You think the Pittsburgh Washington? Um, rivalry moving forward, at least for this year, because both these teams for me are looking like the the teams in the other division that are they're serious. Absolutely, because uh, yeah, you got Patty Marlowe. They also got Connor Sheary back, so a lot of forwards they seem to pick up at the deadline to play with Sid and Gino, because that team is always riddled with injuries. Uh, the, yeah, both teams are playing at a really high level. They're obviously all in. I hope they meet at some point. Do you okay? Who do you think is more of the contender this season? Whether Pittsburgh or Washington? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh, just because they have the center depth and uh, like Crosby, Malkin as a one-two, and then Brust is having an amazing year. They'll push him back down to the third line, take him off the wing now with Marlowe and Sheary coming in. You can have Sheary back with Rust, Marlowe up and down on the first and second yeah, line. Yeah, he has to be with Crosby or uh, or Malkin. <laughs> and then Gensel is another one. 40-goal score coming back probably in the second round of the playoffs. So 
I think Pittsburgh, Washington is further up than Boston, and I would even say Tampa. I think Pittsburgh's probably more of a favorite, even though Tampa makes all these stupid moves at times to say that they're in, and then they get bounced in the first round like last year. But I'm going to go with Pittsburgh on this one. They also have Jason Zucker. Oh, I keep forgetting about that one. And Gensel, too, is a uh, already a solidified playoff performer. Oh, he is yeah. probably the scariest on that team. It's how people got to know him when he put up, what, like 14 goals 14, in his first... I think 14, and then the year after, like 14 again. <laughs> so, But, yeah, I, I also got Pittsburgh. I'm just I'm impressed with – they dealt with adversity all year, like killed with injuries, probably at the top of the league. Oh, yeah, uh, over for a there. while. And Sid and Gino always split time, like, missing games, so – and they're still at the top. Nothing really changes when guys come out. Um, yeah, Rust is having a year. Guys come out of nowhere on that team all the time. So uh, Latang is healthy, which is a blessing for them. If Matt Murray can hold uh, hold the fort down, let the boys go to work. Whoa, whoa. Oh. Tristan Jari. Oh, there it is. Fort. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, you know what? I'm, I'm still – I don't think that's going to last, honestly. <laughs> Murray's the guy going forward. If he can hold it down, taking the so Here's my biggest question. How good would this team be if they had Flurry still? Cup. Just imagine if they had Phil. <laughs> Play Cup. Phil. That's a, a dynasty right there. Oh, man. Let's talk about that guy, Galchenyuk. Oh, why? <laughs> Did we talk about that trade? Yeah. You could do it again. Yeah. Okay, well, he, he fucking went to Minnesota for Zucker. Zucker going to Pittsburgh. Now, I got to ask this then because now that's screwed. That, that actually completely threw me off. Is part, does Patty Marlowe even have room in the top six on uh, on Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think they'll put him. They'll work him in. Because I'm, I'm trying uh, to think. You have Rust, who's been on fire. I, I don't think I would put him on the third line right now. Um, Sheary, who's he's always had uh, chemistry with Malkin. Um, Zucker, he could be a top six guy. Who else? You have Hornquist. He's in and out of the lineup. Is that five guys? Four guys? It's four. McCann. Oh, yeah. For me, Marlowe's on the fourth line, and maybe you put him <laughs> second power play, but regardless, he doesn't have to play fucking 18 minutes a night. You got Patty Marlowe. He's in the room. Yeah. He's going to help the boys out. He'll get on the ice. That's crazy. <laughs> they have Marlowe, Malkin, and Crosby now for leadership. Oh, and don't forget Chris Letang. Damn, this team is for real. Can you see them actually beating, like, a Boston and, like, a seven-gamer? Yeah, easily. God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so how? So now here's my question. Out of those four teams, what is your hierarchy looking like right now after the deadline? Is oh. it Boston, Tampa, Washington, Pittsburgh, or is it like kind of Washington? It's Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, Tampa, Boston. I, I still have uh, Boston at the top, and then we're going to go Pittsburgh, Tampa, Washington. Okay, I like that. So safe to say those are probably the four teams that are – when most brackets come along, they're going to be going through. Um, this brings me to my next point, and I guess we'll kind of finish the podcast with this. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is going to be kind of like a little rant that I'm going to go through now. They didn't make any moves. They finished fifth last year in the East. They finished second. Oh, no, fifth in the league last year. Oh, sorry, fifth in the league last year. Were we second in the division? Did we have home? We yeah, did have home. Didn't. No, yeah. we didn't. Did we? Oh, no, because it was Tampa-Boston were ahead of us. Yes, we, we did not have <laughs> I remember game seven was in Boston. Is it safe to say if the Leafs were to make the playoffs as the third, like in, as the third, is there a shot that the Leafs can beat Tampa or Boston? 
with this exact same team that lost to a Zamboni driver? Or is it safe to say after the, the performance that we saw against Carolina that most Leaf fans can basically write this season off? I don't have much hope because if we're lucky enough to squeeze in, you're either playing Boston or Tampa. Or Washington. Yeah. Best case scenario. Oh, you know what? That's There is no best case scenario. So no. We'll just say Boston-Tampa because we're in the three for now. If you get by one, you have to play the other. And they <laughs> always give us problems. So honestly, no. if it, it bounced in the first round, that's what I'm going with regardless of who. Ideally, wild card spot against Washington. Like uh, They pushed them last time as a rookies to six games. I think that's your best bet to uh, pull off a upset, get them out. You play Boston, you know what? They're going to win, Toronto. I'm going to go with it. Will it be ugly hockey? Yes, it will. Will there be a blowout? Of course, it's Toronto. But uh, I think with Tyson Berry, he's got a lot to prove. If he wants a contract even remotely close to what he wants, especially making what he made in Colorado, he's going to have to perform now. Uh, Morgan Riley's going to come back eventually, and uh, I think he'll be motivated to put on uh, better performances. And then you look at the forward group. If you want to stay on the team, you better play because uh, if you don't, you're going to get traded in July. Whoever doesn't play it well, you might even see them exposing the expansion draft just to cut cap. So it's a big time for the Leafs. So now it gets to the point where I have to ask, is there something wrong, you think, with the leadership with the team? You think there's something wrong in the dressing room? Matthews is the real captain, I think. They just put on Tavares for the nice publicity. He had the pajamas when he was a kid, put the C on his jersey. I think Matthews is the real captain of the team. Uh, to me, there was only one option. Morgan. It's not Morgan. him. Yeah. It's Morgan Riley. That's what they should have uh, done. I, I can't tell you if it's leadership because half our team is younger than us. <laughs> and then Spezza. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't really have a lot to say about this season. It's gotten to that point where we're going to face Boston or Tampa or Washington, and we just – like they made so many key moves. Like Tampa got Coleman, Washington got Kovalchuk, Boston got Richie and Koss or Casse, whatever his name is. Yeah. Isn't he just coming off like a 27 goal season last year? Oh man, I think he think he missed half the year, but his stats were really good. Yeah, like he had like 45 and 60 or something. Yeah. So <laughs> like it's just these are the little things that kind of piss me off. Where you look and you see that the Leafs did not make a single effing move. And you just lost to his you know what, fucking Exactly what Boston did is what the Leafs should have done. All I've been saying, when you bring up like trades, I'm like, just make depth moves. Just get more depth. Get guys like Richie and Kase, and they're going to be solid on your, I guess for them, on their fucking fourth line. But yeah, but, yeah but, uh, but our our depth move is Lorito and uh, Pontus Auber coming up and like... Malgan. Malgan, <laughs> sure. Oh, God. Yeah, they yeah just... Does Dubas not know how to spell grit? Does he just know how to spell skill? Because this team is just all skill. That's not going to win you shit. I'm sorry. You could be this. You could be. You could have a fucking team of all Patrick Kane's. I'm sorry. You're not winning. You're not winning the cup. And they go the other way. Patty Kane on defense. Okay. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like that's. I love Tyson Berry. Like when we got him, I was hyped. But you're losing Nazem Kadri. You're losing a guy that we need on the team. Like, like Connor Brown. We just let him walk. Bye. The Kadri ones, it's, it's, it means so much more 
now because that's a heart and soul guy and was so unique. But Imagine the, him time, on this team against Boston. At the same time, not unique because like that's what a fucking hockey player should be. But because we're the only one that, or he's the only guy like that, and you trade for a guy that kind of just meshes in with everyone. It's I don't know. I think people are gonna look back on that trade and. That's a big blaming. Uh, that's a big reason. Yeah, what about Timoshov? Just putting him on waivers when you could have packaged him off with maybe a Bracco or someone <laughs> yeah. else. And yeah, get when I saw player. that, and I, I was like, I'm like, okay, so that means any trade package that we had today is out the window. Yeah. If Tim, if you're gonna just have, yeah, Tim, you know, go on waivers, Timoshov, go get get the fuck out of here. It was Detroit too, so the last place and the first team that had the chance. Oh yeah, we're taking him. Yeah, he's gonna probably get 35. <laughs> How old is he? 23. Yeah, okay, sure, we'll take him. <laughs> They also have Perlini and Fabry and all these other guys. So uh, basically, the Leafs made five minor league deals. Yeah. So essentially nothing. Oh, by the way, we we extended Jake Muzzin, which um, okay. that kind of worries me a bit going so, into the offseason. Is that four or five years? I think it was five at yeah. five mil. Five, yeah. five and a half, I think. So going forward, that's another guy locked up on your uh, locked up in the books. So my biggest question is, what the hell is Dermot gonna get? Are, are we keeping Dermot? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't think Noah talks about that uh, a lot. I, he may be on the way out because he got Riley locked up, or he's, he's going to be locked up. His deal's up in a year. That's what I'm saying. Muzzin's locked up. Hole on the other side. Oh, I love um, Hole. I love him. So if, if I doubt Dermot's going to be on the third pairing much longer. He's probably going to want to raise because he has been better, but I don't know. His time might be uh, limited. You got to remember Sandy. You got to remember yeah. Sandine belongs. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Dermot might be out. Who are you putting in the expansion draft? Like, ideal, who would you hope Seattle takes off the team if you're the Leafs? I guess Justin Hall, like, best-case scenario. Oh, um, one of our lesser forwards, probably, yeah. But, yeah, like, if it's a forward, it's probably Engvall. I'll say probably him. Not Janssen? Three mil off the books? They won't take Janssen. I'd say one of, uh, pretty much all year, what we're saying, one of Janssen, Kappen, and Kerfoot. Because we're going to protect all our big guys, and then those will be the top guys available. That's bullshit, how we didn't manage to get rid of any of them. I think think he didn't try. That's bullshit. (laughs) There's definitely a team out there that wants a 24-year-old skilled winger. Come on. There's no way. And that's where you could have got your grit. Like, like, come on. You're telling me nobody wanted Kasperi Kapanen. Nobody. Maybe he just wanted too much for him because you look at the stats and it's all pretty. Boy, how many, how many points is he at? 40 now? Cap, he's having a good year. Yeah. He missed some time too, so it's... Yeah, he's, he's been solid. The one thing that I'm so thankful we have him is Zach Hyman. Zach. That's like the one guy I look at our roster now at least, and it's like, you're the closest thing to a hockey player on our team. <laughs> like, like a complete package. You have everything. Thank God for Zach Hyman, because... We could sure use Tyler Ennis and Connor Brown right now. I think if Hyman's the odd man out in that expansion, or just if you were to trade him. Oh, God. Like, if that's. Like, if you have to make a trade, he would trade Hyman. No. I think that would be the last draw for Dubas, and people would start. I I would snap. I would snap. I would snap. People would start being like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You think if. they miss a playoffs. It's uh, Dubas out. Let's call Mark Hunter to get him back in. Fire Keefe and bring in Bruce Boudreau, who knows how to coach an offensively skilled team. I don't know. Like I, I agree with Dubas. I don't know about Keefe though. I feel like Keefe is a. I feel like the players respect Keefe enough. So I, I think at that point it just depends. Do you want the whole locker room to take a hit, or do you just kind of want the the management to take a hit? So 
I think Keith would go with the manager because if you want to have a new manager, the only way to like really sell that move of firing Keith would be like we want to go in another direction. And I just I think feel like Boudreaux is like the perfect. This would be like a team Boudreaux. Aside, like he had Minnesota. I think he hated his life over there. Uh, when you look at Boudreaux, offense was like his thing. If he had the Leafs, just imagine like the kind of creative shit he would come up with. It's kind of uh, tempting a little bit if you're Shanahan. If he's even going to be here next year, because he can also get fired. I mean, the coach I would want to go after is the guy that we saw on trade deadline. was Gallant. Gerard Gallant. I, I love him. I think he's a great... I don't know why Vegas got rid of him. I think for a playoff spot, they definitely could have used his coaching right now. Uh, I love Pete DeBoer, though. He's a beauty. Uh, helped the Devils go to the finals that year with uh, Lou Lamorello. But other than that, guys, um, to end the pod, I just got to ask, what was the biggest... Out of all the guys that didn't get dealt, who was the biggest one? That like stuck, didn't didn't move. Oh, probably Kreider. Yeah. When you're first all year, it's just kind of a given. Like if it's not today, oh, it'll be in the summer. He never resigns. It's never the case. So I, I, yeah, there were no like I didn't hear any articles of him resigning. Like you like it, it rarely happens. If it's not today, it's next week or eventually, but it's gonna happen. And then he resigns, and you're like, what what the fuck? Why was he first? Yeah. So. yeah. Like he could have resigned too long time ago. So for them to push it out that long, they. I don't know what they were probably thinking, but I think he could have even re-signed in July. Like, Kovachuk's probably going to go to Montreal again. So I think Kreider could have easily been traded, had that in his mind. Like, I'm going to go back to New York in the summer, try to win a cup now. But that was a surprise, and Parise getting traded was a big surprise. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I haven't heard about the deal yet. Like, it's not – hasn't gone through, I don't think. Is it still in the works? I, I think. I don't I – don't, did it actually go through? Because probably close to, I think going, they're probably just physicals and probably saying Andrew Ladd, you're getting your ass out of this fucking team. <laughs> you're going to Minnesota. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I think that's what the main problem is. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, very frustrating week. Hopefully next week, a little more positive. We could start tonight beating Tampa Bay. That'd be awesome. So, I mean, but if it were, if we were to beat, like, I, would you be surprised? It's Toronto. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I would just too. expect them to get read the next night. Yeah, because yeah, we, we lost, what, last week 6-3 or 6-1 to Pittsburgh, and then we beat them for nothing. So bipolar is what this team is, and bipolar is what I am after this season. See you next week. <laughs>